0: Ready? Hello, welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. I'm Fernell. Every week we listen to great video games. (laughs) I swear, we have not been drinking. We have not been drinking. This uh, is not a monster mash. This is 11-3, episode 11-3 of a video game music podcast that Parnell and I host every week. With tea and crumpets and sometimes vagabonds. You know, one, no, one day you're going to come here and I'm actually going to have legit scones. Oh, that would be awesome. And we're, and we're going to have scones with our tea, which we drink every week.
1: <laughs> I can do that gentlemanly nibble with the biscuit.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. Like a squirrel. That might not come over very well. It might not be nice to hear over over the microphones, but I'd cover with my palm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'd I'd still eat like a gentleman, though. Oh,
0: Okay, a, a gentleman squirrel, gentleman squirrel with a monocle. Right, before we get started with the show, we need to first say that next episode is our podcast anniversary celebration. Podcast anniversary. So we made have... that word <laughs> up. So we did a hundred episode uh, celebration type thing. And but you know that was just because hundred episodes it's cool right,
1: but now here's another level of it. It's kind of weird when you think about. It. We celebrated three things in the course
0: of a month. What was the third thing? Our fans. Oh, the fan celebration.
1: Yes, that was, counts. That was a, a
0: celebration. They're all right.
1: They're our friends. It's, yeah. <laughs> again, it's almost a weird thing. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm not sure how, if other podcast groups see the same, feel the same way. But it feels like half the time, you have listeners that tune in regularly. And then they comment on Facebook, and you communicate back and forth, or on Twitter, or through email. And one day, you start acknowledging them, like people you talk to on the street. <laughs> like, oh, is that? Hey, you heard from Chris Berry today? He's having a great day. He posts in the group. He's having a great day with music so Hey,
0: hey like, Alex, Alex, you missed the bus. You missed the bus. I can, um, I can give you a lift. Yeah, let me just get my rocket fuel jet.
1: <laughs> like, no, not that far. Oh, it's now.
0: it's Zio Ziograd. So
1: nice lie. to hear from you. If those people were localish and needed a ride because they missed
0: the bus, yeah, or a couch to sleep on, they have yours. Yeah, yeah, they have they have my couch. Um, if they need like a hot meal. They got your kitchen. Now, hey, let's not go nuts. If they here. wanted to borrow, on the limit like a switch. They can come over, and they can pay me a fee <laughs>
1: to, to borrow my switch. Nothing personal, guys. I don't no, even loan my don't. switch to Rob, and I know Rob, hundred percent. So you just know that I won't play it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You won't play it. You'd be playing Street Fighter. Did they release Street Fighter Five on the Switch yet?
0: No, no, that's fine. They got um the new uh, Street Fighter Two Super, Super Street Fighter Two Ultra. Yeah, but then again, now I think about it, I probably would appeal to you, though, because they tweaked it with
1: fighting yeah. game players in mind. Mm-hmm. When they released that, it, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. My thoughts were, okay, it's still Street Fighter Two, the same game from the 90s that has had multiple versions since then. Terminate edition since then.
0: Super, Super Turbo is still like the one people play. It was that had a really nice um, HD remix where it was all hand-drawn on the Xbox 360. It was really good, and it played super solid.
1: Yeah, my brain was just stuck on this, in this realm of, okay, so we have games like Tech Romancer and <laughs> Rival Schools 2 languishing on the Dreamcast. Okay, yeah, yeah which could totally use re-releases on any modern system, but they're like, we're going to release Street Fighter 2. Yeah. A game that doesn't need a re-release because it's got iterations of those characters in the present day. No,
0: I totally hear you. But, like, you got to think of, like, character recognition, right? Like, people know... Street Fighter characters
1: we need to get them to know rival school characters. It's I, not there. It's not Momo's it's, fault Her it, games don't get pushed uh, Her one game. <laughs> the swimming that, guy whatever his weird, name I was, was. i was just
0: thinking of the weird swimming guy Who's like fighting stance is literally swimming on land.
1: Yeah, it is awesome. He
0: fights in flippers
1: and it's amazing. The oh. girl with the camera, her super move is taking a photo and the camera like blows up while you're yeah, something no like that.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Momo was the best though. She hit you with a racket and she was on the evil team. She was an
1: evil tennis girl. She was an evil <laughs> quote unquote kawaii she, tennis
0: girl. She was the Momo factor. Yes. Of that game. And it was amazing. Okay, so next week is the podcast anniversary. We got way off on a tangent somehow. For oh, good reason. Rival I, schools. <laughs> Rival schools. Uh, so... Um, in the Legacy Music Hour tradition, we are going to count down our top music picks of the last year. But just no restriction. Just We're just going to pick them out. So, so I think we're just going to do uh, top five a piece, and then we're going to do a few bonus round top picks. It's going to be scary, but also exciting. <laughs> and then at the end of today's episode, we're going to have a very special interview with the developer... No, no, not the developer. I'm sorry. The music composer. Very ah. fitting for the show. Very fitting for the show. We're going to have an interview with the musical composer mm-hmm. of Fight and Rage. My baby. I love that game. The one that sparked the whole Beat'em Ups episode last week. Yes, right. Yeah.
1: It's just, oh my God, I was happy. He's like, yeah, I'm willing to do
0: this episode with you. guys. like, yes, let's so do this thing. It's great. We're going to have to pre-record it because of the time zone differences and some language barriers, but um, we're going to fit it in at the end of the show, and I hope you dig it. But this week... We are doing what, Pernell?
1: I got to point this out beforehand, though. So we came up with this topic eons ago. Yeah. And then we decided to do it for this episode. But I didn't realize how coincidental and actual fitting it would be to do this topic on this episode, because Thanksgiving will have just passed when you get this episode. This is leftovers, man. This is leftovers. (laughs) This episode is Food Fight. We're talking food throwing, food smacking, food chewing, food crunching. Food stomping. Just anything related to food and potential battles that take place with food or in the presence of
0: food. That's right. Um, so I had some interesting picks. I'm sure you do too. This is a very open to interpretation kind of topic. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a weird one for me, I think, as far as like experience with
1: the titles and just in general, but the topic was just there right for the picking and it had to be done.
0: Yeah, and for our listeners, um, if you have anything that comes to mind that are, that is food related, let us know in like the comments of like Facebook or wherever you're, you happen to be at, because I'm I'm curious to see what everyone else would come up with for food related game titles, not just games, but stages and characters and themes. Right? Because this was a weird, <laughs> episode. a weird episode. So, um, what was the first track you came up with? Well, I heard
1: the first track I came up with was from a game that I wanted to play quite a bit as a kid, never got a chance to, but I read about it and whatever so perfect for this episode to bring it up and get some music off for it it's called the game is called panic restaurant and the track is just called soup because it takes place in stage two also known as soup composed by Hirohiko Takayama and Kenji Ino Welcome back. You're listening to the Stage 2 theme, stage title of being soup from the game Panic Restaurant composed by Hirohiko Takayama and Kenji Ino. But don't fill up too much on just this track. We have an entire meal
0: planned for you for this episode. <laughs> yeah, we got um we got the gravy, we got green beans, mashed potatoes and biscuits. Yeah, we got a little dessert at the end too. All in soda form. <laughs> just just you drink it all. Oh man, you, you- All right, so I know Every year you used to get those Jones's colas that tasted like... Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner. What, did you do it last year? No, I don't think they make them anymore, unfortunately. It's a, it's Unfor- a- unfortunately. Mashed potato flavored soda. It's not a thing anymore. <laughs> not
1: a thing anymore. It needs to come back, though. That's bonding material, man. That's how friendships are forged <laughs> in the heat of <laughs> battle and a realm without dragons. Drink nasty soda together. That's how it works. Ugh. Now, this game, unfortunately, <laughs> is devoid of mashed potato soda. But what it does have is a ridiculous plot, one of which I wish more games in the present would take on, in a sense. You are basically a Chef Boyardee wannabe <laughs> rampaging through a restaurant that is populated with mutant food. Awesome. We're talking ice skating ice cream cones, demonic popcorn popping devices. You've got rolling pizza men. You've got rolling stuff. pizza men. <laughs> Happy carrot people. Just food on top of food. Rocket pops. Like rocket popsicles. <laughs> so rocket pops.
0: Oh, like rocket pops. Like the, like the tricolored.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. This crazy game. And you're basically trying to stop an evil chef named O Dove. I don't know why his name is O Dove. Whatever. But you fight Weird. things using kitchen utensils. I wonder if that's like
0: a translation thing or something. I don't know. That sounds cool.
1: Is it, honestly... Is intent- it like
0: top-down or side-scrolling? side scroller. side-scrolling. Oh, side side
1: no power featured it. I read about it so much, but couldn't afford it back in the day. Oh. But I was always enamored by the idea of this game. I have you never had, heard of this. You fought using kitchen utensils. You had like a fork that was like, like a pogo stick, a frying pan that worked like a club, a spoon that worked like a bat, and other stuff. But... It was just such a cool concept for a weird game. Like, wow, it's up there with like totally rad and whatever other weirdness out there exists. Yeah, the but totally rad
0: was composed by Tim Fallon. That was him. Yeah, man, we played some tracks on the show. True, I remember that cover, but I didn't, I thought that
1: was like just you being humorous about the '80s. I didn't realize it was like he actually he did compose. Totally yeah, I rad. do do
0: I do silly covers anyway. This one's going to be a really weird one. I don't even know what it's going to be yet. Oh, we'll come up with. Something. <laughs> but a uh... good pick though. I like I like the kind of fun like kind of mambo, like, kind of rhythm. And I got to mention, I totally
1: forgot. I like the way they did the stages, because the way they ordered the stages was they... It's like a menu, and it shows you what part of the restaurant you're in. Oh, cool. And the stage titles go appetizer, soup, salad, fish, meat, and dessert. So the final stage is the sweetest stage. (laughs) Quite possibly the only game I can think of where the last (laughs) stage happens to be Uh the sweetest of
0: them all. Wow. All right, well, um... My first track is something that you're gonna be able to talk about a little bit more than me. Um, just because I know that you are very passionate about this subject, and that is Rama 1 Half. Ooh! Yes, Rama 1 Half for the Super Nintendo. It is Bakuretsu Rantohen Hard Battle. And this is the character, it's a fighting game, and so this is the character Ukiyo's stage. It's called Ukiyo's Okonomoyaki, um, and she is like a Okonomoyaki chef. Who does kung fu and fights Ranma like 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 you do on that show. And it is on the Super Nintendo Super Nintendo. I bit my tongue earlier this week.
1: <laughs> and everything's
0: kinda of running together. Um, and it's composed by Toshio it's composed by Toshio Okamoto. And this is Ukio's Okonomiyaki. This is Ukiyo Okonomayaki for the game Rama One Half Bakuretsu Rantohin Hard Battle for the Super Nintendo composed by Toshio Okamoto. Um, so, yeah, this so like every episode of Rama, like he would get in, he slash she would get into trouble with someone in the neighborhood and it was um, no holds barred kung fu battle, right? I just want to throw this out there real quick because, the,
1: again, this is. We have a weird sense of timing with this episode across the
0: board. Did so. some Rama like Rama news come out? Sadly, yes. Oh no!
1: Um, not the American side, but the Japanese voice actress for this character actually passed away this week. Oh wow! Um, well, not this week. I think it's last week technically, but yeah, her name was Hiromi Suru. Like, I only watched the show in English, so I didn't listen to it in Japanese. Yeah, I me mean, you neither. Know. But nonetheless, you know, she's still a part of the character, being that the show started in Je- It started in Japan. That's how it was conveyed, and then we had access to it, thankfully, because Viz was able to show it subbed, and then over there. Yeah. I mean, they did it dub first, and then subbed here,
0: but... Yeah, yeah I mean, this, this was definitely that time where, like, the way anime was coming out in America, like, on VHS tapes, mm-hmm. like, it was definitely probably dubbed was the more, like, what they wanted to do first, to, to get more audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but
1: Ranima the show, yeah, it was pretty much a weird concept of a show In which everyone somehow was a martial artist in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Yeah, they had to fight everybody, and they always did it in weird ways, like Ukyo. And they were all in love with him. Yeah, they were all his. Ranma's dad was a jerk, and he's he got Ranma engaged to so many different women. (laughs) That's right. Over nonsensical things like we're hungry, and I spent our last doubloon or yen on like a casino game. So I will sell you my son. <laughs> uh, so now he has to do, like, Anything Goes Martial Arts Casino Gambling because that's the thing that exists in the world right. of Ronma
0: One And actually, I remember the episode with with this, um, when they first introduced uh, Ukiyo, where he was going to... I forget, like, she wanted to date him. So in order to date him, they had to do a uh, Okonomiyaki delivery race. But Anything Goes Martial Arts delivery race. And uh,
1: like, oh, no, no. Not, that, not the Okonomi That was... Uh, a <clears throat> That episode was... Was that someone else? Yeah. Oh, wow. Was, this
0: was... <laughs> that was
1: Tsubasa Kurana. That was the... Wow, really I weird episode. It. it was the character who was a girl who disguised herself as a bunch of weird things like a tree or a mailbox or a oh, telephone wow. pole who was in love with Ukiyo. So they had to do a Anything Goes Martial Arts Okonomiyaki... Well, it wasn't, the martial arts wasn't a part oh, of that, but it was the Okonomiyaki sale to see who could win her and then it turned out that Tsubasa was actually a cross-dressing boy who still loved Ukyo, but also loved Ranma when Ranma was a girl.
0: That's a very odd show.
1: It was a very strange
0: but show. Like, you are the uh, the resident expert. Like, Clearly, you know your are Ranma.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm actually contemplating getting the Blu-ray releases just because I want to have them at home. I, this is like one of those few shows yeah. where I would make that leap. And for the record, Ukiyo <laughs> was by far his best... Betrothed. You think
0: like Hands. you think they were like the best match for each other.
1: Oh, maybe not best match, but if you just laid out qualities of the person and just what they brought to the table and everything else, she was easily the best one. She was her. She ran her own business as a teenager. She ran her own successful business. She could fight just as well or better than any of his other fiancées. Her personality was the best one. Like mm. she was the one who mistreated him the least, if at all. Like. There was no reason not to just say, you know what? And they were best. They were friends. Yeah, they were good friends. But yeah. They were legitimately good friends. Like none of the other companions had that. Akane didn't even have that. And that was his actual fiance that he ended up like, support, oh, yeah.
0: quote unquote marrying. At the I end. couldn't remember her <laughs> name. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, that what a weird show. Good a, show. a fantastic show. Yeah, you, remember you lent us all those um, DVDs. Compilations of the show And Christy and I Would like just lay in bed And like watch them Like back to back To back to back
1: it's, And to this day I'd still watch Like it's old animation We're talking like 80s style animation oh, yeah, It was done yeah. in the 80s and it's still entertaining to watch, even with that. All the weird kicking people on the orbit bits
0: and everything. <laughs> it's still entertaining. It's still good, man. Oh yeah. All right. What is your second track? Your second food pick? Because I'm getting hungry.
1: Oh yeah. I should have brought some darn hers potato so, chips. So over these here. were these
0: were our appetizers. Yes. What's the main course? Hers brand potato chips. Mm-mm. <laughs>
1: Not a sponsor. <laughs> but um, one day. I, believe it enough. Believe it or not, another game that I've always wanted to play but never played, Hmm. but again, was perfect for this episode, so I had to pick it. Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this one. And the track is called Sopville, composed by Tomotsune Masano. You are listening, or rather, jamming out to Shut the up. track Sopville from the game Princess Tomato and the Salad Kingdom, composed by Tomotsune Maeno. Coincidentally, his name could have very well been Tomato-sune, but he didn't
0: quite make the cut. <laughs> I like that. But, uh, this is cool. I like that. It. It's very fun. Very. It sounds like shop music.
1: Yeah, I like this tune very much. It's kind of odd because the game itself, for as cute as it looks, Ashley is a little bit of a dark title in a sense. Because if I remember correctly, the premise is like you're a cucumber knight who was appointed by a broccoli king to save a tomato princess from, <laughs> from a pumpkin minister.
0: What?
1: Yeah, lots of weird food. Is it like an um, RPG? It's a uh, believe it or not, it's an adventure game. It was originally ported from the PC 88 to the Super Nintendo no, to the NES by Hudson Soft. Coincidentally, because a lot of those happened on this show, this episode. Um, Super Bomberman R on the Nintendo Switch got a patch done on Friday of last week. Yeah. Well, by the time people listen to this episode two Fridays ago. He plays Cucumber Knight. Not Cucumber Knight. They released a a patch on it that introduced a new mode and a bunch of new characters like the Vic Viper as a Bomberman, Dracula as a Bomberman, Pyramid Head as a Bomberman. (laughs) But surprisingly, (laughs) one of them is Princess Tomato Bomberman. That's
0: awesome. I so love was, that what a, what a, what a like, cool like deep cut that like, they would throw in there they got some they had a few obscure characters on that roster of dudes. so you're not a big fan of tomatoes No I but, like tomato sauce. I like tomato paste but I don't like tomato tomatoes so but but you chose tomatoes for the main course. so it's just like you're going light this this like a tomato soup? Yeah I'm going with tomato soup. As you know, it's a salad. Princess Tomato is in the salad. Oh, she's in the salad. Oh, it's in the salad kingdom.
1: Yeah, in the salad kingdom. We're talking tomatoes, broccoli, pumpkin, spinach, cucumber, and apparently a persimmon named Percy <laughs> because everything fits this.
0: <laughs> everything goes in my salad. What is the main course? What's, what's, your, what's the weirdest thing you've had in a salad?
1: That's a side, random side point. I just realized something. Side <laughs> point. We'll go back to that question in a second. But so... Yeah.
0: I need the demand last track, answers, for now,
1: <laughs> The last track, Panic Epis, Panic Restaurant, yeah. was stage two, Soup. The order of the stages in Panic Restaurant are Soup, Appetizer Soup, Salad, Fish, Meat, Dessert. Okay. The track that I picked after Soup was Salad Kingdom. Oh, Soup and Salad. Soup and Salad, matched the Game, Stage up. This is some crazy, coincidental nonsense. None of this is planned. It's just <laughs>
0: happening. But to answer your question... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah just like weirdest weirdest thing in your salad. Uh, I mean, that was meant to be there. I'm going to still stick with pry that natural salad stuff that
1: you used to make where it had like raisins... And carrots. There's nothing weird in that, though, right? It's as a combination. And also, I never thought you would put raisins in a salad. Oh, salad yeah. to me was oh, always man. vegetables. You got lettuce, you got tomatoes, broccoli, olives, other vegetables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not raisins. Just like how some people will put fruit in a salad that's not a fruit salad. Like, it'll be, I don't know, chicken and romaine lettuce, and slices of apple, because apple fits in with the chicken.
0: Uh, no, man, fruit, fruit in the salad's always good, especially, like, raisins. Something something a little sweet, throw in there. It's always good. It makes you just realize that salad can literally be anything. You know what I hate, though? is kale in a salad, like see, raw, raw kale.
1: How do we... See, oh. I'm allowed
0: to hate tomatoes because you hate kale. I love kale. Ca- I I love, my mom. I love kale. I just don't like raw kale salad. Okay, I can give you that I'll because it's that like thing. you just chew on it forever.
1: Well, the thing is, like, I don't, I wouldn't put kale in a salad because you can do so many better things with yeah, kale.
0: I know you can uh, bake it. You can throw it in a stew, and it like it keeps its crunch. But you can go on a quest with it to save your <laughs> kingdom from villainous vegetable vandals. Uh, was it? Is his name Carl Kale?
1: <laughs> K K <Kale ale>. L. <laughs> Kale is named Carl <laughs> I was going with the See I went with You went with a Carl and Kale Lemons are named Lenny Lemon Lenny I went with a Superman joke Oh man
0: Kale The Super Veggie Alright so our Next track Is coming at you I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with The classic I'm going to A track from the Game called Lord Monarch And this is only For the Super Nintendo I mean the game is On many systems I think it was Originally on the PC 98 this is the Super Nintendo port, and it is called Food Panic, and this is composed by the Falcom Sound Team, Yeah, buddy. JDK.
1: I'm looking forward to being
0: This is the track Food Panic from the game Lord Monarch for the Super Nintendo. Um, and this was composed by the Falcom sound team, JDK, uh, comprised of Mieko Ishikawa, Atsushi Shirakawa, and Seiji Shimamura. Um, so this is an interesting pick. One of the more interesting picks, I think, because. Um, I think this was originally on the PC ninety eight, and then it was ported to the Sega Mega Drive, and then to the Super Nintendo. But when they ported it to the Super Nintendo, they were like, "Hey, for this cool, like kind of like one on one fantasy strategy, like battle game, well, they added like new skins to the game? So instead of like kings and knights, you'd have robots and mecha and soldiers." Or, and then this version, you're opposing fast food chains fighting for um, uh, domination of like a city or something. And so they created a whole new soundtrack for it too. And it's amazing. This song is crazy. See, that
1: is a topic that I've always been kind of fond of as far as like media goes. Um, There was a show that was made called... I can't remember the top off the top of my head because I might, I'm sure someone listening will remember it. But basically, the, no, the devil's, that's what it's called. The devil's a part timer. That's what it was called. And the idea was a similar idea where it was like the, basically, the the demon lord of a realm is pretty much, I can't remember if he, he, that's right, he was in a battle with a bunch of heroes and he almost loses. So he escapes from that world to the human world, our world. And he has to hide as a human until he gets his strength back. Mm. And he has to live like a human, so he gets a job at a McDonald's-type place. (laughs) But due to where his how his world is and where his his traditions are he treats it like a kingdom of sorts like like a battle and he's like okay i got to become the top i got to become the ruler of mcdonald's <laughs> is essentially it so it's like he goes every he treats every like small time thing like a big battle and it should have been so much better than it was but it decided to go with the anime route with like you know oh, other man. anime characters and like weird big boss battles and what what it, it should have been is him sticking with the mcdonald's route and just fighting other business chain because they, they did like the weird espionage they were like a spy from another fast food chain got a job in a store <laughs> and he was like, like snooping it's just like just <laughs> cool like I like things like this like the odd abs- yeah. bizarre absurd food battles food battling which is why going back to Rama things like the ramen, the ramen race episode mm-hmm. was great and it's weird ramen based <sighs> martial art
0: techniques there was a um, a remake of Hamlet Was it Hamlet yeah, it was Hamlet. Um, done with pigs? No, in the in the movies, and instead of uh, the king of England, it was like the president of a fast food chain. Yes, um, it was really interesting. Who was in that? Bill Murray was in that. He was awesome, and um, Ethan Hawke, I believe. It was cool. It was a really interesting take on, it. but it, it was like it was Hamlet. <laughs> it was still Hamlet. But with fast food, but with but yeah, I mean, that was the dialogue. But it was completely like modern. It was really neat. It was really really interesting. So ne- hearing this, I I want to go and, and explore the rest of the soundtrack because I was like, oh, food panic. Let's see what this is. But... I want to explore the
1: game. Technically, at this point, that's <laughs> no, yeah,
0: it looks it looks right up your alley. I don't know if it's been translated.
1: Wonder if it's one of the kids where maybe you don't oh even no, it need has been translated. I'm
0: sorry, it has been translated on, on Windows. What? It, oh, Windows Crest, not E. Nah, sorry about that. Well, I might still
1: but at least watch it though? Like watch it played on the tube of you. <laughs>
0: All right, so we are on to third track. This could be maybe the end of the entree. Nah, this would be the this would be the meat or the for the vegetarian
1: or well, pescatarian. We have fish and tofu options. Well, as on well.
0: your on your end of the things, we've had the soup and the salad, so this is gonna be our sa- our sandwich, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is the meal. This is the this is the main course. All the
1: hope. true main course. Okay, so. I'm going to ask a question. Okay. It could either be a lyrical oh. track that I can't guarantee is being good. Oh, okay. Or a track that does not have lyrics, but I like
0: it. Um, well, then let's do the one that you know you like. Okay. Because that seems like a short thing. Okay, this is a short <laughs> bit. So this track, well, now the listeners are going to be like, this track sucks, short
1: thing, my foot. <laughs> short thing. Um, but the track is from so, the yeah, game yeah. Sonic Colors, and Ooh. it's for the stage Sweet Mountain first act composed by Kenichi Tokoi
0: this is a good soundtrack
1: it does have a great soundtrack loved it I like that. It's a great track. It's really good. That's this tra- oh, we're recording. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say right away that I really like this. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. This is one of my favorite tracks in the game, too. What game am I talking about? Sonic Colors, of course. The track title being Sweet Mountain Act 1, composed by Kenichi Tokoi. Mm. We have, Up to this point in the Sonic releases, of course, there was always the prevailing Sonic cycle. Bad game, good game, bad game, crap game, whatever. But we were also used to the constant stream of rock tracks that would come from the all from the mind of Jun Tsunoe. But Sonic Colors for me was a nice change of pace for the Sonic game styling that actually ended up working out in its favor for me. Like it, this is the first game I can think of where these went completely goofy. Like the entire premise of the game is goofy—not just the music, but like. Everything went super goofy. Everything went goofy. Like, they took, like, they changed the voice that the guy that did the voice for Sonic at this point, point. and the premise was that Dr. Robotnik, or Eggman, whatever you want to call him, decided he wanted to make, like, an intergalactic amusement park in space. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was awesome. But there's a, clearly there's a reason why he's doing it, and Sonic and Tails at the final, so they go to the amusement park. And every level is an attraction in the amusement park, and this attraction is a world made of candy and cakes. Because clearly, Doctor Robotnik is capable
0: of doing that. Ah, so interesting that, like, trying to imagine um, this music with like that kind of like world of like candy mountain sweets and it's really cool. Well, like, there's,
1: like there's one section where, like, a, like you're running towards the screen or away from the screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, no, it's towards the screen. I'm sorry, my brain is weird. That's right. You're running towards the screen, and like there's a rocket, like there's like a, like, a cannon firing missiles towards you. And it's blowing up, smash like smashing the cake up. <laughs> You're like dodging the missiles and trying not to get blown off the cake. And of course, Sonic's running fast. And it's just, <laughs>
0: and of course, Sonic's
1: running <laughs> fast. That's what he does. <laughs> he's, like during the cinema, he's just making like dopey quips because again, this is where he start making light of this whole Sonic concept which is just... It was like a genuinely good game. So and it then- goes
0: meta, too. Like it starts, starts talking about itself. Oh, very meta. Well, that's neat. Very meta. And what meta what got- was this come out on? What was this come out on, Bruno? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the This is our day.
1: This is- I'll blame oh, yeah. winter. That's fine. Uh, well, it's Monday. Well, fall, but it may as well be winter. And it, it is Monday. Ugh, I hate Mondays. I keep Garfielding it. So, this released <laughs> on the Wii. Garfielding it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start using that going forward. Too. I'm Garfielding it Oh, today. man. This is motion controls? No, actually. Um, I think... You could have done like for, like switching lanes on like because there were certain levels where you were like for the speed levels areas, you were kind of shoot up and they get and this is to me this was what fixed the way the speed levels worked. So you would go fast and instead of having like completely control where he was on the 3D, yeah, it was tracks. So it was like he was going straight, but you could change lanes. Lane one, lane, lane, lane. Okay. And enemies would come at you. And you had to dodge the enemies, or you could like dash into them and break them, or you could like smash into the side like a car race and so, knock them into each other.
0: So I guess in that in that way, it was more if it felt more like a, like an endless runner type thing where you are like just change lanes, jump, dash. Yeah. yeah, and it
1: actually fit the concept because one of the big issues with Sonic and 3D running is that
0: you can't you- see in front of you, and the whole game is just total BS.
1: Yeah, that too. <laughs> you know, that, to me, I think that's something that could be fixed if they were stopped going after the cinematic approach so much.
0: But. Yeah, well, people love that. I mean, clearly.
1: With, oh, that, no, with, that's that, with that new
0: game that just came out, was it Sonic That Forces? game
1: got panned. It's already going to be, well, Black Friday, I've already gone by since then, but it's already going to be like 15 <sighs> or 20 at Best Buy. The game came out like November the 6th.
0: You know, man, but God bless the Sonic team. They are still doing it. God
1: bless the Sonic team and get them some help. <laughs> <laughs> they need it. Cause maybe
0: maybe we should make another racing game with them. In it. No, no, no. We'll do a. Um, remember, like, Winter Olympics for, like, the PC? They still make
1: the should... Sonic and Winter Olympics. Yeah, the okay. Sonic and the Olympic Games. Wow,
0: I just totally. <laughs> they actually made
1: that? They have one in the arcade. (laughs) They still make them. That's that's honestly a cash cow, but I don't think Sonic Uh, Team does that. I think that's another Like, I have a
0: really funny idea for a joke. And you're like, no, it's real, Rob. It's real.
1: That's how sad (laughs) it is. It actually exists. Ah. Winter Olympics? Yeah, they've done that. I think it was Nagano. I want to say it was Nagano, but Nagano may have been weird. I don't remember the exact sequence of Olympic event or who hosted the Olympics, but essentially Sonic is a, in a weird place but the character is still cool and every once in a while a good game comes out in the franchise to me this was one of them mm. and it's just sad that now we're at sonic forces yeah well i've
0: heard a lot of the music from this game i have really enjoyed it
1: oh yeah starlight carnival is a great track aquatic pa- aquarium
0: Park. Yeah. unlimited oh, was unlimited colors or unlimited something i think that's the theme song the theme. Like, yeah theme cool vocals yeah all right, so my my next track is a meaty track. It's a super meaty track. is a super meaty pranell track.
1: All right, we're yeah. talking with all, with all the ghost <laughs> peppers.
0: This is actually no. This is another um, another chef. This is Jam, Jam from the game Guilty Gear X for the PlayStation. Ooh. Yeah, this is and her track is called her stage. The track for her stage is called Babble Noise, and this is composed by none other than Daisuke Ishiwatari, the man, the man. is Jam's theme, Battle Noise from the game Guilty Gear X for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Daisuke Ishiwatari, and I, I love the uh, the melody on this chorus. It's super cool. This is this was one of my favorite fighting games on the PlayStation. It, it was so pretty. It was super colorful, super violent, um, fast, really fast, really interesting characters, and a really complex uh, um, engine, like fighting system. Yeah,
1: the music. Plus the characters is what got me to buy the game. In which case, prior to this, the last fighting game I had purchased was Street Fighter Alpha Three. Oh, really? So yeah. We're talking Street Fighter Alpha Three. I bought in 1999, <laughs> and then I bought Guilty Gear X2 for the PlayStation Two. Easily, it hit like 2005, maybe mm. six. So it has it was, it was a huge gap in fighting purchases for old perns here, and yet. This game sells it. And fun fact, Jam. I'm I'm terrible at fighting games, but I was like when I bought the game, I was like I'm going to change that. This is going to be the fighting game where I get good and become tournament worthy. And I had I would use two characters, three characters. I used Bridget, okay, who was like the which cross-dressing one? nun kid.
0: Yo, yeah, yeah, she was cool.
1: And then I used uh, Jam, which is here. Yeah, and May, the pirate girl anchor.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. She was in Guilty Gear X. She was cool. I liked her. Now, I played through the game as Jam,
1: and she's the only character I beat the game with, Mm -hmm. but I did it on story mode and actually ended up on the hardest story route as well. Oh, wow. So not only was I terrible at fighting games, but I was on the hardest route in the game, and I was determined to beat the game. It took me at least two to three hours to beat Megalomania Eno, which was horrible because <laughs> to put to get an idea how that worked was she was a character who solely for this fight got specific moves that worked more like bullet hell pl- um, like bullet oh really
0: patterns. wait was this Guilty Gear X
1: yeah but it's still it's, it's Guilty Gear they just rebrand the same game and throw some pain over it. Okay. That's, that's how Guilty Gear has been like we added Roman cancels that's about the only thing we've ever added um but so it's like she has like bullet hell patterns. And in addition to that, you can only hurt her using supers. You can't hurt her with normal attacks. You use normal attacks to build up your super meter, and then you use supers to actually do the damage. Oh, jeez. So for a person who was horrific at the game and was terrible at even inputting buttons, yeah. moves, like, <laughs> oh, well, here's man. a boss where you have to learn how to use your supers and time them properly. Oh, that is rough. It was bad, but when I finished it, I was excited, 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 and then the ending was like one scoop. So I was like, oh, man. Not so much. But, fun times, great character with a very unique. Well, I'm not sure if she's unique in today's standing, but back then she was.
0: Yeah, I mean, nowadays, like, there's a lot of different fighting is. But yeah, back, back then, she was, like, mostly kicks. She's I think. all kicks. All kicks.
1: She, yeah, but not just the kicking, but she could also store up power. So her whole gimmick was that uh, you could do moves where she'd, like, charge up specific aspects of her kicks and then when you finally did it, you use all the charge in one shot, and if they connected, it, hurt like a it hurt like a sack of bricks. It was <laughs> yeah, really uh,
0: cool. a ju- a Jury in Street Fighter 4 and 5 uh, does that, where you charge up moves and hold the button down, and then you can release it. Uh-huh. So you've to watch your opponent. Certain specific moves, they could be holding down a button to release a projectile.
1: Oh, I think Jam might be a little bit different there, because yeah. that's, char- that's a charge hold. Yeah. What, what jam would do well, is... You
0: do a you do a move and then hold the, then leave the button held. No, not uh, even. Not even. As long as
1: you can get the move off, it'll put
0: an icon in the bottom of the screen for her. Oh, yeah. And you, you just build
1: it up. So you can, like, charge up, do normal moves, step back, charge oh, up, do okay. normal moves, and then you have, like, three of them for, like, different categories. Like, yeah. Like, three, 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 it's like, like, That's boom, awesome. It's Street, Fighter,
0: Street Fighter 5 juries like that. Four, you have to hold it. Oh, ah, okay. But five, yeah, there's little, like, icons that shop. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting how they kind of borrow from each other.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm. But for good reason.
0: It's a tough track. All right, so I'm going to bring the track down because now we're getting into dessert. Bonus, bonus round? Okay, get, get that out of your mouth. Bonus round. You, you, you bonus. always want to eat cranberry.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Cranberry sauce. Mm.
1: There we go. We're, oh, yeah. We're, we're talking about the <laughs> bonus round. Sorry. Good food. Good time. Digest. Um. <laughs> Good
0: food takes time to eat. <laughs> <laughs> the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements and all things awesome.
1: Though funny enough for this particular episode, I don't think either of us went with like the remix cover as usual because I think both of our tracks are like, band-ish of sorts. Like
0: they yeah, have- the more, yeah, they sound like arranged, arranged with lyrics maybe. Well anyway, I had one, but then I heard your second pure backup track and I had to steal it <laughs> and I, we have to play it on the show but well, you, but you're going first, so let's let's hear yours.
1: well the the track that I'm picking here is funny enough, like probably pretty much the reason why I really wanted to do a food fight episode because I wanted to put this game on the show and give it some dialogue mm-hmm. which believe it or not, before this episode for I think it was our fan favorite episode or fan submission episode. Mm-hmm. Someone from that episode submitted a track from this game, too. Yeah, that's right. So, double exposure. Um, this track is from the game Overcooked, and the track is titled Bewitched Chase. Like, Bewitched, like, wiggle, 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 shake your nose. <laughs> and it's composed by Garrett Wonder. Welcome back. That was Bewitched Chaste from the game Overcooked, composed by Garrett Wonder. You would not think that that track is perfect for serenading you as you chastise and eventually murder your friends for constantly screwing up preparing pieces in a haunted house with sliding ovens, but you would be wrong. <laughs> and you need to play Overcooked to find out why. That track is spectacular. It fits the game well. And I cannot hear it anymore without thinking about botched cooking. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah, that, that is really, really fun. A very hard track to find. Um, so I hope that we have credited it appropriately. But we're going to do a little bit more research before we get it out um, onto the website. You're here. So great, great track. Great pick. Very, um, very whimsical. Like uh, very Disney. Like um, I think of um, Ratatouille.
1: Oh, that's a good. That's yeah. a good way to put it. And there's like a lot of the tracks in the game are on that similar vein, where they're very like light or like cartoon sounding. Like it's like they could be in a cartoon, which fits the game because the game feels like you're playing a cartoon, but it's far more stressful than watching or playing a cartoon.
0: Yeah, it's crazy stressful.
1: Oh yeah, which is why I like it so much.
0: So for my track, I chose your backup, which I just once I started hearing it, I I, I we had to have it on the show. <laughs> this is called Battle Flavor. From Sorcery Saga, Curse of the Great Curry God, which is an amazing name. Uh, did you have a composer for this?
1: I think so, actually. The composer that I came across, give me a minute because I'm weird like that. That's okay. That.
0: This was um, for the PlayStation Vita, which is a Pernell system.
1: Mm-hmm. Love my Vita. If you don't love the Vita, you got to try it and find out why you should.
0: Get out of Vita. So,
1: the tr- <laughs> So to my understanding... Actually not. Matter of fact, just play the track. I'll let you know when we come
0: back. Oh, some more research and we'll come back. So this is Battle Flavor from Sorcery Saga, Curse of the Great Curry God. Oh my god oh my god dude all right that was battle flavor from sorcery saga curse of the great curry god for the ps vita
1: gets your spices move puts the spice in battle baby yeah, that's, that's the boss theme for the game that's um, the boss
0: theme uh-huh <laughs> that's amazing
1: i i've been trying to figure out who the darn composer is but the best thing i was able to come up with is like a artist called amu and i believe they were attributed by like ziz studio like that was the into the art, the the publishing group. Okay,
0: so maybe maybe this is licensed from another group and then added into the game.
1: Um, it's been a lot of cases like where I've noticed that lately, where like a lot of like Vita, like these anime type games, where they'll get like a, a vocal group that they'll compose for the game or they'll license their stuff. Like Demon Gaze is another mm-hmm. example of that where like it's all like Vocaloid music for the battle theme and the boss themes, and whether they made it for the game or licensed it for the game is hard for me to gauge. It's I'm always kind of dancing around the idea of which is which. But what I do know is it's a great track for a game that at the time when it released roguelikes were still kind of uncommon, I would say. Okay. So it it fit a, it, filled, it fit a nice it filled, filled it, a nice void yeah, hit that, that hit, was left. It
0: was that niche that you were looking for. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah.
1: It had the right it was the spice that was right for the dish
0: at the time. <laughs> and it's and it's food uh related. Oh yeah. Somehow, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> you're like a mage who's also a chef. My memory of it is really hazy, believe it or not. I just remember the fight the first boss is a giant turtle.
0: <laughs> That's great. And that was the music that you play yeah. when you're fighting the giant turtle. Mm-hmm. I'm down with it.
1: It's a good game though. It's like it's not it doesn't it's not
0: exceptional, but it's far from bad. Okay. So it's a good game. Well, it's good music. I really like that track. But hey, episode's not over yet. That's
1: right, because we actually have another segment that come up. We were originally wanted him on the previous episode, but unfortunately, we are all busy people, and our schedules kind of couldn't quite mesh. So he was willing to come on to do this episode and give us a nice interview. And the person that I'm talking about goes by the name of Gonzalo Varela. He is the music composer of the game Fighting Rage, an excellent soundtrack. Mm. So when he agreed to come on to the show and chat with us for a few... How can we say no
0: to that? So, all right, so let's roll the tape. So joining us on the show, we have Gonzalo uh, Varela who is the composer of the new indie game, *Fight and Rage. Um, Gonzalo, thank you for being on the show and, and taking uh, the time to be with us. Thank you for inviting me.
2: It is awesome. Very nice to, to be here.
1: We, I basically... I, I I, won't say begged Rob, but I was like, Rob, we got to get this guy on the show because <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I actually did a review of your game for a podcast I'm on. And when I got that review code which I also kind of prodded that guy to get me a code to do <laughs> the review for, I was instantly taken in by the compositions ex- you know, prevalent on the game, so I really was excited to learn that you were willing to come on the show and chat with us. Yeah, a
0: bit. Um, we've, we've actually featured uh, some of your music on a, a previous episode because we're such big fans, and a lot of people have come out and said, Hey! Um, you know who is this, and where can we find this game, and where can we find more music like this?
2: Um, I, I, I actually uh, listened to that post- podcast. Oh, it's like <laughs> eleven two, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. No, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Yes.
0: Um, so um, I see that um, you've been uh, classically trained. Um, and and, and uh, part of your focus is really on on classical style and, and maybe piano compositions. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on that and what brought you to video game music?
2: Yes, I started playing music at at 16 years old, I think, and. Um... I started like buying an electric guitar, as most teenagers, <laughs> teenagers start, I think. Yeah. And playing rock music, and um, a few years later, I decided to, to go to university. I studied composition there, which is more like um, more like experimental composition. Maybe mm. you study traditional harmony and that kind of stuff, but like the compositions classes tend to be more about uh, concert music, experimental, like mm. avant-garde, or something like that yeah and um, the thing is that before I I started playing music I played lots of video games I that's most of what I did and I wanted uh, to become a video game designer actually a programmer I started like learning to program by myself but like uh, uh, awfully probably (laughs) (laughs) I I did some like (laughs) awful games by myself but I was like uh, 12 years old or something like that so <laughs> I did what I could I I was always interested in in video game music really because that's like the soundtrack the soundtrack of my childhood really yes, I, yes. I didn't really listen to to lots of bands when I was uh, a kid but I played lots of games so <laughs> and that's the music that has stuck with me for I think will stuck with me for the rest of my life Wow you know?
0: Yeah, we hear that from um, a lot of our guest artists that this music is is kind of like their classic rock or, or like you know the this is this is the uh, the music that that formed um, their in their their taste in music mm-hmm. in their later years. It's very interesting.
1: Honestly, I kind of feel a bit of a semblance to that too when like the fact that I orig- for originally when I went to school, I wanted to go into programming, and the reasoning behind that was similar to what you just said. You grew up playing video games. This was kind of your scene, your wheelhouse, so clearly the mm. natural step was to make them yourself. Um, <laughs> sure. What do you think it was that made you want to take the shift from video game design to the video game composition specifically?
2: Mm. I am not sure. I think... I was always interested in, in making stuff so that that's maybe the reason why I thought about making games. I, I like to to create new things and that's the reason why I'm more of a composer than I am a guitarist. I don't like performing too much. I prefer like making things and then yeah. like enjoying what I did and sharing <laughs> it with the world. So I think Maybe I could have started with music earlier, but I, in my family, the, there are no musicians, and I wasn't exposed to 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 music at a young age. Here, um, it is not that common for kids to study music in in uh, primary school, as I think yeah. it may be in the United States. So, only with the internet, I like became more interested in music by itself, and. Uh, and learned that that making music was also a possibility, and and that it was really fun, you know? So, I think that that's mostly the reason. I I just hadn't thought about that possibility, and at at some point in my teenage years, I realized that it was a possibility, and I went for it.
0: (laughs) So, uh, for for this new game, Fight and Rage, um, what was the most challenging aspect of of composing this or putting that
2: putting that soundtrack together? What 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 challenged you the most? It's hard to say. It was a three year process. It was a long process, wow. and the thing is that it started uh, being more humble than what it ended up mm. being. It mm. the music was going to be maybe a thirteen piece or fourteen piece soundtrack, and it ended up being like a. Forty-four piece soundtrack.
0: Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a big it's a big um it's a big project. Like I, I was, it, it was a big pro- definitely. But at hoist. the beginning,
2: I I didn't know that, and I expected it to be like maybe work on that for one year, mm. and maybe do the music like in one genre, like um, maybe on like action music, you know, like rock music. Yeah, yeah. And. At some point in the development process, we started to see that that well, the game was becoming bigger and longer, and that more variation in the themes uh, was actually something good, so mm. something that 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 the game that would benefit the game. So I think maybe the hardest thing was like um, thinking of how to to put variation in the game, hmm. but uh, and to use different genres, but to make them all work, you know? Yes. For example, I, I did a flamenco piece and yeah. I did a rumba and that, but, and I had studied flamenco and that th- those genres, but I did not only have to make music on those genres, I also had to, like, make make them work and uh, adapt them to the game and make them work with the other songs that are, like, rock or metal. Hmm. And I don't know if it was hard. I, I think it was, like, interesting and, and really kept me motivated, mostly. Mm.
1: I know, basically, you said you were working to try to make the tracks work together and, you know, pretty much being synced and not feel out of place. Well, I can tell you from this end, mission accomplished. You mm. did a great job <laughs> with that. Now, one thought that I did have was due to the fact that you had to do such variety in the OST. Did you have an understanding or at least an impression of what the levels that you were making the music for were going to be, or were you just mm. kind of told, hey, make this dancey piece?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much material were you given prior to working on this project? Did you have um, artwork or, or
2: scripts to work No, with? I had everything. Oh, I played wow. the game, and I <laughs> beat the game before uh, nice. any of you did, because... <laughs> Uh, the developer was working on this and was constantly sending me demos of the game oh, wow. and I was uh, composing the, the the music for the the same stages that he was developing cool. at the same time so I think that that was really cool to to work uh, that way and also to work uh, with such a, in such a long time to cap, to have time to to compose music you know to know that that well that the, they don't need they didn't need the, the 44 songs for a, a month i mean yeah. the the developer w- were, was doing the stages and i was writing music for them at the same time and we were trying them out and actually the funny thing is that also some stages were inspired by the music i did yeah. o- of course most of the time uh, the music was inspired by the stages mm. but there were some some songs that i did that didn't work that good for the first stages that the developer said um, let's wait, I can do something that this music will work perfectly but <laughs> at the beginning of <laughs> like the game that. this is like too serious to, to for the, yeah. at, at the end of the game, sorry, this is like too serious music for the beginning, so uh, this this music will work, but but let me work on a stage for it. That kind of, of collaborative work, I think it's like ideal to work in this kind of projects I mean, to, to and we both like relied on each other very much i mean i was doing all the music which is hard work really to to not only write the music but play it and record it yeah but i knew that he was doing like 10 times the work i was doing because he was programming (laughs) designing the graphics uh, trying testing it and I don't know. it's just like it went went out perfectly. Really. Wow! It was all one de- developer and artist, right?
0: Yeah, wow. I was literally, I was very much
1: flabbergasted when I played through this title and realized that it was one developer and one composer. <laughs> and just to put it out there on the table that like you've already heard it from watching here in the episode, this is probably my favorite em up that I have played. You know, like. It, Basically, Guardian Heroes is like the only competition that I have for this oh, wow, game in yeah. my top set. high praise. Set, which, given that, again, a team of 1 plus 1
3: <laughs> speaks
1: volumes. <laughs> There's a level in the game towards the end where your track beyond the sun is played. And the area that it takes place in, it does this dramatic sweep of all the enemies that lie between you and the end of the level. And a health item that you, at that point in the game, you so sorely need to get. And... That track drives the player to pursue the end. It's like you want to be careful to get to that point, but the music is pretty much saying, Oh, no, just take it. You can
3: do this. Thing. <laughs> and
1: to hear you say, Yeah, I, I feel like that might be one of the levels where you say, Hey, I saw how this level was going to go, and I said to myself, This is the track for this wow. scene, and it's a perfect fit.
0: Yeah, uh, I really, <laughs> thank I really, you very much. Yeah, I really liked hearing how, how closely, um, entwined. The music and the and the gameplay is, is put together. I think that's going that creates a, a really unique experience um, where it's not like a, a music game, but I think you kind of control the rhythm of the gameplay through your composition. I think that's really interesting.
2: <laughs> that's really interesting to hear. Thank you.
1: Yeah, there was like another part I think where the matchup was a very immaculate. We played the track on the actual episode too, but the level where you pretty much get knocked on top of the raft and you're mm-hmm. floating through the water, and it's very quiet early on. Like it's a very mellow track, and you're fighting guys that are showing up, and then eventually, it's oh, I mean, it's, this is where it gets crazy because it also has to tie into how fast the player beats the guys that are on the raft. But almost every time I've done the level, no matter like the pacing I take. The moment the music picks up for the first time is when a massive wave of guys jump on the raft for the first time. <laughs> Holy oh, crap! That's,
0: that's great, yeah. he probably The developer probably was listening to the music and said, Now! <laughs> they did it. That's great. It was so well placed. Hmm. So, um, before we let you go, I was really curious about your, your musical influences. Maybe the, the influences you had going into this game, and maybe influences um, with the other
2: music that you do. Uh, it's it's really hard to say Because it's so varied I think mm. um, I think my influence for, for this game Was definitely rock music Mostly But there were some stages For example The flamenco stage I mm. mentioned The The track is called Mirages uh, I got that the, the idea To put a flamenco piece there From The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time oh, I don't right. know if you guys yeah. played it But oh, um, oh, that's on Gerudo Ballet <laughs> yeah, they yeah. have they have a, a rumba like a flamenco rumba do, do, and uh, do, 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 which is do, do. like a, a genre of flamenco and here i put a, a buleria which is a, like another style mm-hmm. and i that worked but that idea i got from from that game actually to, to mix <laughs> an, an 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 alien genre one could say um and other influences were were strange really uh, for example there's this Piece at the at the middle middle of the game, which is called uh, something lacking, which the influence for the beat like the rhythm came from uh, hip hop beats. Uh, oh, really? I, I don't really remember what I was listening to, but I mixed that with um, with electronica, uh, electronic music. Sorry, yeah. uh, and and uh, that other uh, song immersion. I like used the same idea but I mixed with mixed it with some ideas I got from symphonic metal and oh. I don't know I just like uh, saw the design saw the graphics for a stage and just like mixed whatever genres uh, came to my head and the best way I could oh wow there was like no no one composer or one soundtrack that <laughs> influenced the whole of the game it just yeah. was like and do you feel like you were given you were given that freedom of
0: creativity to just just to do what you felt right?
2: Yes, definitely. I was given lots of freedom, uh, but at the same time, uh, we the, the developer uh, checked the music and tried it, and sometimes he said like, "This isn't working perfectly, so we need to make some adjustments," and there were like two pieces of music that weren't uh, in the final version of the game that I wrote for the game but weren't used, but most of the times mm. we were able to to adapt them, uh, but the ideas uh, yes, were came from me and and, and the developer was, was really nice to, to just let me try whatever I wanted and then see if it worked mm.
1: So we know that, I, I talked to you before, you had mentioned that you didn't once you got more so into the composition angle, you didn't do a lot of you know more present gaming, but that's okay because we're predominantly a classic game podcast anyway. So <laughs> honestly, I'm curious, what were like maybe some of your favorite games coming up in your gaming era?
2: The games I I used to play the most, you mean, or yeah. I enjoyed the most? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because. I used to have like Nintendo consoles, like the Nintendo Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, uh, 64 sorry, I, oh, I switched yeah. to Spanish, uh, and uh, PlayStation 2. Those, those were the consoles I had. And here in Uruguay, it wasn't that easy to find um, any game. I mean, you you could rent games. I, I, I didn't afford, couldn't afford most games, mm-hmm. and I could rent some, but. I couldn't uh, uh, rent, for example, Chrono Trigger or games like that. Yeah. Uh, they were like really hard to find. I, I, I don't know if there were copies available in the country at all. So the games I I enjoyed most were the games like I had near me, <laughs> which were mostly my favorite one was uh, Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. Mm, excellent. Then at the uh, PlayStation 2 era, for example, I had traveled to the United States and I was able to like choose my own games, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I played a lot to to the Castlevanias, to the PlayStation 2 Castlevanias. I had played to the uh, Castlevania 2, the NES one that isn't too good for most people, but that's the one <laughs> I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and those are also the games that whose music. Uh, uh, mostly stacked with me I mean I'm not sure if they are the, the games with the best soundtrack mm. but they are the the games I listen to the most because I used to play them a lot there was this one game for Super Nintendo that it's like really bad for most people that is called Doomsday Warrior it's a fighting game mm. yeah, you have probably not heard about it no. look for
0: it though Don't, don't say Warrior
2: Doomsday Warrior <laughs> oh, Doomsday, Doomsday, Doomsday Warrior Doomsday, Doomsday. Wow. They were.
0: That sounds and familiar. It,
2: but... oh. It's like a Street Fighter clone, a bad Street Fighter clone. <laughs> of course, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat are all other games that I enjoy play, playing a lot. Of. But this Street Fighter clone, I actually rented a lot and a lot. And the music for it probably isn't as, that good. But it's just one of my favorite Super NES music just because I used to play it all the time. And... I think that, that's funny what happens with when you write music for media, for, for games or movies, that um, the game like really helps that the music uh, stick with people uh, in ways that the music by itself uh, couldn't have done. For example, if I had released the, the, the soundtrack for this game alone, probably nobody would have heard of it. Uh, and, but because it's in a game and because people are playing it, and, and many people are playing it a lot, mm-hmm. uh, the music just, uh, they just start to appreciate the music a lot and, and see <laughs> that, it's, that it's good or, or whatever or they think about it.
1: Game music in and of itself is an amazing beast in and of its own right. Because I can say, <laughs> one, I agree with what you just said wholeheartedly in that, Having the music accompany the game makes it a lot easier to remember. But by that same token, don't discredit your music. Your music is legitimately awesome. And I'd go further to say that if that game did not have your OST on it, it would not be even remotely as rememberable as it is right now. They go (laughs) hand-in-hand especially well, and I am glad that they exist in one neat and tidy package
0: for our consumption. Yeah, definitely, I believe, because of that collaboration, um, but mostly I think because of just the, the, the freedom they gave you, and, and so this is your voice in this game, and I think that's, that's awesome, and that, that's why is, this game is being so successful.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Do you have
0: well. um, other projects in the future, or is there anything you're looking
2: out for? Uh, I don't have... I'm not writing uh, music for any game right now. I haven't had any offers, really. <laughs> but I'm mostly um, writing music for, writing like concert music, and mm-hmm. at the, the following year, the next year, 2018, I will be traveling to the United States to do a master's degree in composition, and composition for media, if I, I hope so. I got a Fulbright uh, to, to study there. Wow! So I hope that more offers <laughs> to, to score music come from that really if there's any justice they yeah. will that's well, just a flat out <laughs> statement to be made right here
1: what would you say would be your perfect game type or style to write a composition for
2: well it's it's an interesting question um i think the kind of games i i played more when i was a teenager were like rpg games so i i definitely would like to 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 score one of those uh, an RPG game would, would be perfect really but another thing is that I would like to to write music for a game that that teenagers or children play also because this game Fight and Rage is really good I like it a lot but the truth is that it's mostly directed to like um, adult, adult audiences yes, that, that we, because it has this like retro feel and that and nostalgia and as I said, I think the music that, that you listen to in your childhood or in your teenage years teen, uh, really uh, sticks with you for, the whole, for your whole life. So yeah, in the same way that, that music like from, I don't know, the NES Castlevania 2, the NES Castlevania 2 or Super Metroid uh, mm-hmm. is in my head right now or Street Fighter 2. I would love uh, for kids, uh, for my music to do the same with, with kids of this age, you know, to have the opportunity to write music for like a, a, a game that, that kids or teenagers now will be playing yeah. and that maybe they will remember when they grow older and think like, oh, I'm going to YouTube the, the soundtrack for this game, which I listened to when I was 15 and, uh, and I had <laughs> lots of happy times and lots of memories associated with it. I think that would be like really nice and uh, for reasons that don't have to do specifically with music but just have to do with I don't know how how we are as human beings and and how we uh, tend to see like our our childhood years, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that the 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 feeling of nostalgia is very very strong and so yeah, I could see wanting to really um, influence like, the next generation and they would come back and, and, and your music will just kind of live on and on and on and on through those <laughs> feelings.
1: And of course I have to ask this question because if I didn't, I'd probably feel off for not remembering <laughs> to. So, video games, video game music, video game characters. You mentioned earlier how you would like to be able to potentially score an RPG someday. Mm-hmm. As an RPG player... If you yourself were able to be cast in a role playing game as a character, how do you think, what kind of character do you think you'd like to be?
2: (laughs) I don't know. Give me like a multiple choice. Is that possible?
1: (laughs) Okay, I can try that. So would you like to be, you know, the take take no nonsense, muscular, up in the front lines kind of (laughs) guy? Do you wanna be the back end support guy that takes care of his comrades from the sidelines?
0: Yeah, do you wanna be um, like the, the, the funny side character or like, you know, the animal that talks? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll be the animal that talks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I go with that. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> seems to be closer to to what I am, actually. Yes.
1: That would be hilarious and awesome to the say talk. But yeah, like I just generally like having like kind of asking questions of that nature because it kind of gets an impression out of you know what kind of people we are our interests and hobbies and thoughts so (laughs) but i think that may well be the general question walk that i have in mind good
0: well yeah thanks for taking the time out with us um we both really appreciate it and um and good luck with the um with the master's degree um (laughs) will you be in uh california again
2: no I'm not sure where it will be because I am applying to, to different universities okay. I, I got the, the scholarship uh, from 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 Fulbright but that doesn't uh, it isn't for a particular university so you then have to apply to universities and you also have to get some funding by the universities because uh, yeah uh, that's the way it is <laughs> Universities in the United States are like extremely expensive. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Here in <laughs> Uruguay, we have like a, like a state university, which is free, you know, so I studied music for free at university, luckily, but uh-huh. now that I am going to go there, I will have to get funding and, of course, to work at the same time in order to, <laughs> to uh-huh. get by myself, but uh, it all depends on how the applications go, because mm. I would like to go to like NYU or universities like that, like in in big cities but those places seem to be like extremely expensive so yeah new I,
0: york is certainly well, a, its own case
1: well we can't yes. say that in the off chance you end up on the east coast for your university education continuation session
0: you have two
2: friends yes. over here <laughs> right now so thank you very much so, I, I will visit you <laughs> yeah we
0: will, we will buy you beer and we will listen to music together <laughs>
2: That would be really nice. I will take that offer. (laughs) All
0: right. Well, thanks a lot, and enjoy the rest of your evening.
2: Thank you very much. Have a nice day, you too. Thank you. Thank you, you too. It was a pleasure, sir.
0: Hey, we want to thank you for joining us on 11-3 of Rhythm and Pixels. We will see you next week. At StacyCon94? At Podcastiversary Part 2. Oh, right. This time, it's personal.
1: It will be, because my lists are going to be awesome.
0: That's yes, right. This is a very personal podcast. This is the only podcast where we're going to um, repeat tracks. Which is- we've never even accidentally repeated a track. This is true. We've come close, I think, to a guess. I think we never even overlapped. No, it's That's
1: only amazing. guess. That's you know, There was. No, we've come close. We've had the same game once, yeah. but different tracks from that game. And we've had guests come on that have picked tracks that we had already chosen. Yeah. And they were kind enough to switch it up a bit. But at the same time, it's like what's to hate. It's like we can I can put on another track that I've always liked. Exactly has already been represented. what's not to love.
0: Yeah, there is just a world, uh, an enormous world of great music out there, and um, I genuinely do occasionally get a, become afraid. Of. What's going to happen
1: when we, when we run out of tracks? Like, what am I going to do? Uh, can't, yeah, no, I think so we have. Much a,
0: music. I think we have a few more years in us. That <laughs> is true. Yeah. There's music out there for sure. All right, so if you want to get in contact with us, you want to give us a message and say hi, or if you have a, a track suggestion or even a topic suggestion, why don't you send us an email? Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. And if you'd like to see a full track listing of our shows, more information about the show, um, go to the website. rhythmandpixels.com. and um, You can check us out on all the social media outlets, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can check us on YouTube. uh, Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, If you like the show and you want to help support us, go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, Every little bit helps there. Um, And if you support us there, you also get access to our monthly live stream shows. We we record the show live um, over the internet and you can just you can the hang out the and you can hang out and watch so our next our next live show is actually going to be the um, the podcast anniversary show in which uh, Pernell and I are going to have a very good time <laughs> I'm very scared, but also quite excited <laughs> But we're going to have a really good time and Chris Murray knows what I'm talking about <laughs> he is an awesome awesome dude <laughs> um, but I'd like to thank all of our Patreon subscribers I want to thank Alex the messenger I want to thank Matthew McDowell Morton Gangso Henrik Anderson
3: <laughs> like Chris,
0: Chris Murray <laughs> The birds M- Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast And Brian Pitt uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, uh. No, You're all awesome, awesome people Thank you so much for your continued support of the show It really, I mean that means so much to us every 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 little every single dollar is, is amazing so thank thank you all so much and we'll just keep making the show because i know that um people out there can enjoy this great music and we enjoy
1: talking about the great music and making great friends over it what's not to love
0: all right uh, this has been the rhythm and pixels video game music podcast my name has been rob nichols and my name until further notice is pernell
1: have a great and a very safe week. And hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And remember, chances are you did have a great Thanksgiving with all the trimmings. And now you're a beached whale swirling on the sea of sand filled to the brim with delicious mashed potatoes, tofu, curry, whatever you had. Great times, but unfortunately, now's the time Strive together. Get that fitness on. Don't become don't become hibernating bear
0: folk. Is this the second fitness episode?
1: It has to be, because <laughs> I'm in fitness mode now. And I am not looking forward to Thanksgiving for the first time in ages because now I'm like, crap, I'm gonna to wanna to eat. Maybe this could be my cheat day. I don't know. I don't know, but but just saying. Dietary <laughs> monitorization is a great thing a depressing thing but a worth thing and eventually I think you might even settle into it yeah just give it a shot keep at it but worst and foremost just kind of don't make it a punishment sort of thing make it an enjoyable thing I am rambling because I'm speaking from the heart in a realm where I'm still loosey goosey myself so <laughs> we'll see how it goes Though, have a good night guys
0: good night